one sat alone beside the highway begging his eyes were blind the light he could not see he clutched his old rags and shivered in the shadows then jesus came and bade his darkness flee it's time to open the word once again with evangelist Lester Roloff on the Family Altar program. Glory for all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. Let's turn to the book of um, Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. This is the getting out book, isn't it? This is when they got out. They'd been inside a long time, been in jail. The children of Israel served the longest sentence anybody's ever served in the history of, of the world or in the record that we have. They served a penitentiary sentence of 430 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Now, sometimes people get 99 years, they got 430. You know why? They went into idolatry. Just like America's in idolatry right now. And uh, we're going we're gonna to serve a sentence before it's over. No doubt about that. I mean, America. And you take, uh, a lot of times the girls come to the home and people come to the homes and, and uh, they turn back on the Lord. Just turn back on Him. I mean, just kind of laugh about it and spit at Him, you know, and uh, give a bad testimony. They're going to serve a sentence. See, I've got three. I went to see three of them in the jail this week. They're serving sentences. They've, already, they've been in penitentiary ever since they left me. I mean, ever since they left. Little old boy, one of them, 20-some-odd. He's been in reform school in Penn uh, last five years and a half. That's what he served already. And ready to go back again with dope and all the rest. A man came to the city of refuge down there in the jail. He said, Brother Olaf, I don't know what makes me do what I do. He said, I don't know what makes me drink. I said, the devil. The Lord sure doesn't. The Lord never told anybody to drink a drink of liquor. And so... Uh, th there they are. They're serving time. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm likely to get 10 years. said, if I get anything, and he's going to get something unless we can get him out. He said, if I get anything, I'm going to get 10 years this time. Of course, I've already served two or three. Uh, and the more you serve, the more they put it on you when you come back again. And yet, it's, they ought to see it's not getting the job done, not getting anybody saved. It, it's not... Uh, uh, and, and the man said, looks to me like the penitentiary ought to re be a, a rehabilitation place. No, we need some regeneration places. And so uh, the world is never going to understand. Now, here's a man. Here's a man. His name is Moses. To me, he's the most colorful man in the Bible, uh, except Jesus. But I mean, he, you talk about some experiences. First of all, he was born with a death sentence over his little head. I mean, the decree had already gone across the country. Every baby boy is to be drowned. Going to throw him in a river. Going to throw him in a river. And I want you to know they drowned a many little baby. They really did. But they didn't drown Moses. Because his mother, he had a mother, see. <laughs> he had a great mother. And she saw he was a proper child. And uh, by faith, the Bible said Moses was hid three months. And because she saw as a proper child, and when they found out they couldn't hide him any longer, they made a little uh, bassinet and daubed it, you know, with uh, uh, clay and uh, made it uh, waterproof and put it out in the water. I imagine that's one of the smallest boats ever built. 
And I imagine that's the youngest captain <laughs> that ever sailed that boat. Amen? Can you imagine that? <laughs> that's right. And so little baby Moses out there floating around, you know. I'm why, uh, why a big bird almost could have picked him up and carried him out of it. He's floating around out there, you know. And the princess came down to the water, and uh, she maybe heard him cry. At least she saw him, and, and she looked at him, and she said, isn't that say, little Hebrew baby, a little Hebrew baby. And she knew that her dad told him to kill all Hebrew babies. And he killed all of them, except the one he wanted to kill. You know, people talk about uh, men coming from monkeys and making a man out of a monkey. I know a lot of time when God made a monkey out of a man. <laughs> That's right. Old Ferriel, he wasn't half smart as he thought he was. Can you imagine that? Boy, he sent his just topo out and all of his big old shoulders going down the road, knock on the door, said, all right, we're going we're gonna to search your house. You got any babies around here? No, sir. Let me go and look. They go in there and find a little baby boy and then grab him by the heels and throw him out in the water and let him drown. Talk about cruel. Listen, that's not in the worst of a lot of our parents. That's right. They don't, they no Bible, no Bible reading, no Jesus, no worship. I mean, uh, uh, getting them by the heels and throwing them to the TV set and by the heels, throwing them to rock and roll and throwing them to the world and the flesh and the state schools and all that where infidelity, I mean, you watch what I'm talking about. We've got some ferials in this old world today. And uh, so Moses now has uh, been spared and his mother became his babysitter. That's right. Nobody, nobody beat the mother. And so uh, Moses, after he was uh, about uh, 40 years old, he'd gotten his education. That is part of it, not the main part of it. And uh, he killed a, an Egyptian because he was run over a Hebrew boy. And, uh, of course, uh, next day he took up for another one of them, I mean a Hebrew boy, and one of them said, you're going to kill us too? And he knew it was out on him, and so he ran. He went to the wilderness. He spent his last 40 years, I mean his second 40 years, in the wilderness, uh, out with the sheep and the goats and the sunshine, and I guess uh, had the music of coyotes howling sleep at night. And uh, there he was 40 years in the, in the seminary of loneliness and waiting. And then he came up to the burning bush. And there he saw the bush was on fire and wouldn't burn up. And he said, I believe I'll turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burned up. And God said, better pull off your shoes. I'm going to teach you something. You're walking in the presence of God now. And I'm going to teach you to respect God. And that's what you better learn. And some of you haven't got a lick of respect for God. That's right. I know you. <laughs> you haven't got a respect for God. Stick your fist in his face. I don't have to serve. You wait till it's all over. You'll find out. You'll draw back a nub before you know it one of these days when you stick your fist in God's face. That goes for you mothers and dads and radio friends too. Go ahead and show out, you smart aleck. But you wait. God will get you one of these days. It won't be long. I'll get just about like that. He'll have you. He'll have you talk about hollering, screaming, and carrying on. You'll do some tall praying and hollering. It'll be too late. It'll be too late. It's coming. I guarantee you, America, America is in for it. She's the wickedest nation to have as much light of any nation in the world today. Had more churches, more seminaries, more colleges, more Christian schools, and uh, more preachers than any nation that's ever lived in the history of the world. And yet, she's a God-defined, Christ-denying, and even a Bible-hating nation. It's coming, boys. You might as well get ready. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. And it won't be long off. I can hear the thunder rolling now. I've seen the lightning get out of that black cloud. I can see the wind. I can hear the wind coming out. It's coming. You're going to put it down. We're going to see judgment fall on America. You go back over yonder and find 
uh, when uh, Jacob and his crowd is up there in, uh, in the place where they were and they, they run out of food and had to go down to Egypt. I mean, famine came, famine came. You read through the Bible where when people got into idolatry, there was trouble and judgment that came. And listen, the world has always been judged through God's people and because of God's people, never because of the wicked people. God will not judge America because of the liquor crowd and because of the dope crowd. They're going to, he's going to judge it. The Bible said it's time for judgment to begin at the house of God. You watch and see, that's where God will start. I'll get to it a little bit. Oh, if we have time. Now then, let's just skip a good deal and come to the 18th chapter. And uh, we, we come to this man. His name is Jethro. His name is Jethro. And he's the priest. He's the preacher of Midian. Now then, Jethro is the father-in-law to Moses. And uh, so let's see what happened. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he'd sent her back. After he did what? After he sent her back. Now, here's what happened. See, Moses went up in the wilderness and served 40 years. He was faithful. And Jethro said, you know, Moses, I'd like to, I'd like to share one of my daughters with you. She's a precious girl, and you seem so faithful and fine. And said, I'd just be delighted to have her marry uh, you. I mean, marry a Hebrew uh, like you. And so he got married. And so there were some children born, had two sons. Uh, the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I've been an alien in a strange land. And the name of the other was Eliezer, for the God of my father said, he was mine help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So he had meaning to the names of his two children. And so now when he got ready, when he left the Burning Bush Seminary and got his postgraduate work over with, uh, he said, now, I'm going to be going. So he got Zipporah and said, honey, uh, I don't want to be away from you. I'm pretty sure he said this. He said, now, I want you to go with me. And I want my boys to go. And we're going down to old Pharaoh's land. And I don't know, maybe Jethro said, well, uh, Moses, I, I just wonder maybe if they ought to go along. You know, they're going down there. And, and you, can you imagine little old Hebrew fella going in there? Of course, he's 80 years old. He's 80 years old. He's plumb grown, wasn't he? And uh, he walked, he's going to go, and he had to go, beard the lion in his den. He had to go right in with Pharaoh and say, look, let me tell you something. You let my people go that they might serve me. And Pharaoh said, oh, yeah? I mean, you know how mean, why he'd kill him in a second. And so I imagine, I imagine Jethro said, son, if you don't mind now, I'll be glad uh, to take care of, uh, you know, Zipporah and the two children. And, and when you, and, and Moses said, I imagine Moses left, he said, well, listen, any time, God can burn that bush and never burn it up and let that fire, but I believe he's going to take care of me. And he told me that I am was going with me. And uh, so I'm going down there in faith and I want to get the job done. And he said, well, that's fine, son, but I tell you what, your wife, your wife could be uh, maybe just better off to stay here. But he said, no, I believe better take her. So I imagine they took off down the road and uh, he got thinking about it, you know, and maybe they had a long journey and, and maybe the children got tired and she got tired and i tell you what happened. He got out on the road and he said, Honey, I, I really believe your dad's right about it. I mean, y'all go back and I, I'm going to go through some hard places and I'd like to shield you in protection. And I, I don't want the boys to have to see what maybe I'm going to have to see. And I know the battle's going to be fierce and I know the dangers are going to be. And I, I just feel like, and I think Moses, because he, he wasn't perfect. He didn't have all the faith in the world. He said, I'll tell you what, 
He said, if, 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 some, if this thing backfires and I get killed, I'll just get killed, but I want y'all to be your dad. And she said, all right. But I tell you what, she was the kind of wife I believe was willing to go. She said, listen, I'll go with you if you want me to now. Little old boy said, Dad, I'll go with you. I mean, we'll go down there and help you fight old Ferio. But uh, they went back. Now then, uh, many victories have been won. This has been, I mean, to me, this is one of the most exciting things in the Bible. And I saw it this afternoon, I think, like I've never seen it before. And so Moses now has been blessed. They've crossed the Red Sea dry shod. They've been drinking water from the rock. They've been uh, eating manna from heaven. They have been uh, having a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. They stood on the banks of the old Red Sea, and uh, uh, God said, uh, Why cry unto me? Speak to the children of Israel to go forward. He said, All right, let's go. He put his foot down and started hitting the water. The water's all gone. And I met a little kid said, Woo, look at that. <laughs> hey, God is big and wonderful. The whole thing is just dry, just like that. You think about it, just drying it, just like that. Didn't even ruin the shoe shine, just walked right on across, you know. And uh, they got on the other bank, and of course the people murmured and complained. I guess that's the biggest sin of God's people, murmuring and complaining and whining and saying, I don't know why so and so and so. And they just chew, and I just carry You ought to be ashamed of yourself. We ought not to be like that. And so they got on the other side over there, you know, and uh, they'd been whimpering. Moses said, uh, let me have your attention. Millions of you, listen to me. I don't know what he used for a PA system. I guess he just had to pass the word along. And he, but he hollered at them and got their attention. He said, now, if y'all want to see Ferio, better look at him because uh, all his chariots, 600 big iron chariots and big horses, and here they come, lumbering across. They're coming right across, same dry, dry land. They're coming right on across that dry land. And I'm telling you, and the children of Israel, Moses said, y'all better take a good long look because you'll never see them again. I mean, God's fixing to give them a deep bath. <laughs> You talk about the deludes, they're fixing to get it now. And old Brother Moses stood there, you know. I mean, I can't you see him, majestic servant of the Lord, stood there. And uh, they got, uh, you know what did it? It's that rod. You know what, you know what part of that water? It's that rod. You know what that rod was? That was the power of God. You know what that rod was? That was the Spirit of God. I mean, that's it. The Word of God. God said, speak. And he put that rod out over that water, and the water parted. Now then, when he got on the other side, all he had to do was put that rod out again, didn't he? I mean, see, everything happens by the power of God that honors God, not by the power of Moses. It wasn't Moses' power, not at all, see? And so the war came, and uh, they all went down. You know, the thing I felt so sorry for, and I guess I've been moved every time I've ever read it, and that is I felt sorry for the horses. I mean, pole horses wasn't their fault, was it? Can you see those? I can just see those great big solid gray and white and big black horses and great red horses. I can see those big old horses, you know, uh, registered horses. I can see, my, you talk about some horses, and yet there they were hooked up to those old iron carriages, and when that water came up over them, can you see them fighting and getting tangled up in the harness and the old soldiers going down and some of them standing on top of the horses trying to get out of there, and all of them were drowned. The Bible said all of them were drowned. That's God's judgment. That's God's judgment. You're going down just like that without the Lord. You go ahead now. Take off after God's people and try to kill them. Go ahead. Try to tear up the home. Try to tear down the witness. You, you'll get it. The Red Sea's waiting for you, and God's going to drop the water on you one of these days. Water of God's judgment and his flood of judgment is going to have to come, no doubt about it. And so they've gotten through a lot of wonderful things, and uh, now then, uh, this is a great meeting. This is one of the greatest meetings one of the most thrilling meetings, and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness where he encamped 
Where did he encamp? At the Mount of God. They, they found a mountain of God over there, and they got together. Now, here comes the father-in-law, and uh, he's got Moses' wife and uh, two children, and he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law, Jethro, am come unto thee, and thy wife, and her two sons with her. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and did obeisance. That's good, isn't it? You think of a great general like Moses. You think, I mean, you talk about a four-star general. I mean, he's it. And yet when he saw his father-in-law, he obeyed him and kissed him. That's uh, an affectionate meeting, isn't it? put his arms around his father-in-law, and his father-in-law taking care of Zipporah. And they ask, notice, they ask each other of their welfare, and they came into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law, isn't this something? Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and all the travail that had come upon them by the way, and how the Lord delivered them. Isn't that a great text? Listen, can't you imagine the thrill? I mean, this priest, this preacher sitting there, and he said, now, son, tell me about it. How in the world did you get out of Egyptian bondage? I mean, those people have been in there for 430 years, and how did you get out? He said, well, I'll just tell you. And so I can just see us boys just moving up. One of them sitting on one side, and one sitting on the other. He said, Dad, tell us about it. He said, I'm going to tell you, get quiet now, I'm going to tell you about it. He said, I walked down there and went in the office. You ought to seen his office. You ought to seen that palace he had. I want you to know, I've never seen. And I walked in there and I said, now, you're going to have to let him go. And uh, I, the Lord's power fell and I told him I am had sent me. And uh, we went through nine plagues and the tenth plague was the blood. And then uh, finally he said, all right, get out of here. And so we started marching out and got out the Red Sea and the mountain on one side and the mountain on the other side, water in front of us, and old Pharaoh come behind us. We was really in the jam there. Man, our people got nervous and got to crying and carrying on, and God spoke to them and told me, said, just take off across the Red Sea. The little boy said, Daddy, did, is that right? Yes, yeah, it sure was. And I, can't you imagine little old eyes bugged out there, huh? What if it had been your daddy? What about that? And so he said, yes, sir. said, we all of us, wife, about three million of us, something like that. And we just all marched right across there. And said, we got on the other bank, and we looked out, and we saw the carriages coming. 600 iron carriages coming. Them old horses coming across. Them old swords are uh, just a-flashing in the sunlight. And them old spears ready. And them old wagon wheels are rattling. And said, there we over there didn't even have anything. We didn't have a stick or nothing. We just standing there. And then God swept the water over every one of them, and they all drowned. And those little old boys, I'm telling you, can't you? I don't mind they slept three nights in a row. Do you? <laughs> And, well, it's a wonderful meeting. And I imagine the priest, Jethro, said, my, listen. Well, well he's going to give his testimony in a minute, so I'll come to it. And so Jethro, look at this. Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Jethro said, blessed be the Lord who hath delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of Pharaoh, who hath delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I've come to my text. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. I found out for sure now. I know that your God is greater than all gods. For in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. You know, the Bible said Moses was the meekest man on earth. Can you imagine that as strong and many victories as God? He was the meekest man. You know why? He gave God the glory. Now then, I've got to finish the chapter, and then I'm coming back to my text. 
uh, Jethro, he observed, he watched uh, Brother Moses in his uh, daily ministry, and the people came from early and stayed till late. I want you to know they thronged him. They thronged him. And finally, he asked him a question one day. Uh, he said, uh, Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people. He said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone? Why do you spend some time alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning unto even. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. Got to spend some time alone to be ready to answer them. And Moses, now, I want you to notice something. Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away. You're going to wear out. You're going to wear out. Both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing's too heavy. For thee, thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now to my voice. And I suppose maybe that um, Jethro was older, had to be older, you know. He was older than Moses. And he said, son, I want to give you some advice. I'm interested in you, and God has been so good to you. And I feel like preachers ought to be willing to listen to older people. And he said, hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward. That's good, isn't it? Be thou for the people to Godward. In other words, point the people to God. Uh, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them the way wherein they must walk, must walk, and the work that they must do. You see, you're going to teach them all this. You're going to show them the word of God. They didn't have the New Testament. You know that. They're going to get the ordinances and the laws. Verse 21, moreover, Thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, place such over them to be rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Now, that's going to be his organization then. There'll be one man that, now be sure that they're not covetous. Be sure that they're men of truth. That's men like Jesus. That's men of truth. They hate covetousness and uh, these people are going to be the right kind, going to be able men. Now, you're going to put some over a thousand, some over a hundred, some over fifty, and some over ten. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. That's good, isn't it? They're going to bear the burden with thee. They're going to help you now. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee. So in other words, if God tells you, now I'm not telling you what you got to do. This is good. See, uh, this preacher, Jethro, he was humble. He had a sweet spirit. He said, if thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. And so Moses hearkened. That's good, isn't it? He hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the ruler, over the people, rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. Now then, here's an interesting verse. And Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. His father-in-law didn't stay over there and said, I'm happy to run this thing. He didn't. He had a sweet spirit, though, and he came, and he'd, he'd done his work, and he'd served his part of the ministry, and he'd taken the, the wife and the two children, and he'd rejoiced and had a great... Now, wasn't that a happy meeting? 
Wasn't that a marvelous meeting out in the wilderness, you know? Don't you know that he was glad to see Moses, and Moses was so glad to see his wife and to see his two children and how precious the Lord had been. Now then, here's my text. Verse 11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. Did you know that God hates religion? You can find it in the Bible in a number of places, dear friends, where God... Turn to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. Let's see what it says. Now, this is about Gideon. Gideon's one of the oldest young men I've ever found in my life. And he did something that uh, uh, very few people have ever done. And uh, there's going to be a parallel uh, to this story, I believe, before we get through. Now, you remember when God called Gideon, he said, The hail, thou mighty man of valor! The Lord be, is with thee. And he said, where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? If God's with me, wherever you find God, you're going to find a miracle. If God's in this church, there's going to be some miracles. There's going to be miracles when God shows up because that's all God ever does. Thank you for joining us today on the Family Altar Program with Lester Roloff.